we shut the sites and then we went back. Then we, we tried to figure out, you know, how do we go back and do it safely? And then it was a case of we've got three small children, as you know, and it's like they were at home needing to be homeschooled. Someone needs to go on site. One of us needs to look after the kids, a bit like your situation. And it just made sense for Scott to be on site and me to be a teacher. <laughs> I'm not a good teacher. <laughs> That's my kids will attest to. I mean, I'm laughing about it now, but if I had one word to describe that whole experience, it would be harrowing. It was it was horrible. And I, I, I don't really know anyone that came out of it well, not with, not with kids. And at first I was trying to juggle, you know, keeping up with the emails and keeping on top of paperwork and, and, and whatnot with the kids. Um, in the end, I just gave up and I just said, like, I, I need to just down tools and I can't. I just had to let stuff go, really. I just really would like to get to a point like where we, and I, I sort of had this from the outset. I just, I never wanted to be like a massive, like huge conglomerate sized business but to be sufficiently sized so that you can have a bit of influence. But as I say, the construction industry does have a bad reputation and rightly so in a lot of cases for, you know, shonky work, shoddy customer service and treating staff really poorly. And it's, you know, to, to be of a size where you can have an influence over those things is, you know, and we, we are actually sort of making waves in that area. We, we, we do have much better connections now. Be brave, um, yeah, because fear is really the only thing that will... It will just hold you back, yeah. If I could be braver and do more things. They always say, don't they, you don't generally regret the things you do, it's the things you didn't do. So be brave, be bold. Welcome to the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picturebook Films. Here, we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs and business owners from across Sussex, delving into the mindsets of what makes them really tick. Okay, welcome to another episode of the County Business Talks podcast. Um, so, following on from an amazing article in last month's International Women's Day special feature in SBT, I had an amazing conversation with my guest um, over a coffee, actually. Um, and at the time, I said to her, I wish I'd just recorded this for the podcast. Fast forward a month, here we are. Um, I'm delighted to welcome Rebecca Blot to the podcast. How are you, Rebecca? You all right? I'm really well, thank you. Good, thank, good, good. Thanks for inviting me, Sam. Oh, awesome. Like, like I said, when we had that chat in, uh, in Platform 9 after the photo show, I was like, it was such a brilliant conversation and obviously with your journey and where you are with the business and stuff so I just I knew it'd be a great episode so great to have you on and as always look we're going to jump straight in um just like tell us a little bit about your business journey where it all started and uh where you are uh, thank you. You just wanted another Essex person, didn't you, really? Absolutely that, <laughs> absolutely that. <laughs> um, so I moved to Brighton in the late 90s um, to join a graduate training scheme. And it was there that I met my husband. I didn't know he was going to be my husband at the time in a nightclub. And I was sort of fresh out of university, um, going to be this like, you know, hotshot graduate um, software design engineer. And I met this guy in a nightclub. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore, although the location's still there, uh, called the Cuba. And he was at the time working as a shuttering carpenter for a big um, civil engineering company called Aiden Star. And I quite liked this boy. Um, and uh, straight away, I pretty much knew like he was the one. Uh, but I was a bit miffed because. Um, I hadn't imagined that I would end up with a builder, yeah. being a professional person. So I did what lots of women do, find a good guy and then try to change him. Yeah. So I sort of said, look, you know, you've got to be more than a builder. Um, so I pushed him into starting a business, a construction company, um, which was a bit of a disaster in the beginning, uh, basically because I was just trying to micromanage him all of the time and it caused a lot of friction and, and arguments. So... After a little while, I just stepped away. But that's that's really when Castle Construction was formed. Right. Um, and he ran it on his own for quite a number of years. We've been going 17 years, and I've only been in the business since 2018. Right. 
Um, so yeah, he ran it on his own up until that point when I kind of stepped in and took a different yeah. role in the company. Because and so what was it then? Because uh, uh, you you obviously been in the corporate world for like twenty odd years, isn't it? So what what what, what was it in two thousand eighteen then that made you go right? I'm gonna I want to jump into the family business. Was it that it was it was grand to a stage you thought I could help, or what what, what was the what was the reason behind? Yeah, that? so I think there were a couple of things going on. Um, we we were married at that point, and we've got three children. And um, I was actually looking for a change, and I'd gone around that sort of cycle of you know I want to do something different, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. I was working for American Express at the time, which is a really, really good employer, and I still yeah. say that today. They're a fantastic employer, and I was working in IT, which was, you know, a well-paid job. So it's really hard to kind of turn your back on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, unless you have a burning ambition to do something else. Yeah. Um, so I'd kind of searched for, well, what can I do, you know, different, and I kicked around a lot of ideas. I even thought about buying a sandwich at one point and, <laughs> yeah. and I was like do I really want to be making sandwiches uh, for the next 20 years and no I've got nothing against <laughs> making sandwiches but um, yeah so but um, you wanted to you wanted to do something that was yours you wanted to run your own business that was what was yeah. going ahead in that, that, at that time I think so because what I always say to people is like if you ask an 18 year old or a 16 year old what do you want to be when you grow up they never ever come back and say, what I'd really like to do is be a middle manager in an IT department. Yeah, yeah. And then kind of fast forward 20 years, and that's what you find yourself doing. Yeah. And you, as I say, you know, I don't want to say anything bad against American Express, and the job was great and everything, but it's that sort of sense of there must be more to it than this. Yeah. And I think particularly once you've had children, you do look at the world in a slightly different way. Yeah, um, And Scott was really struggling. He basically said to me, like, I physically can't do any more with this business on my own. Yeah. He'd got to a point where he was like, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. Um, so at the end, you know, the answer was kind of staring us in the face. Yeah. So I packed in my job and went to work for a family business because the rationale was everything we invest in this, like emotionally, time-wise, financially, will be for the greater good of our family. So yeah, we'll yeah. sort of build something for the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds a bit twee. No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Well, ultimately, as a father, well, what, what else do we do it for? Like, I've been in my own businesses for nearly 15 years now, and you know, I've worked long hours sometimes, and a lot of juggling, as we've spoke about offline a lot. But no, ultimately, it is... That's what we're doing it for, for them, isn't it? And yeah. for, for the family environment, and for all of us, like, for a better life for us, a better life for them, and whatever that, that looks like, not just financially, but maybe work-life balance if, if, if we ever get to that stage yeah, as well. But, yeah. but you know, that, that's what we hope to achieve from it, I guess. I mean, you probably you probably work longer hours than you would in, like, a PAYE role. Yeah. But, you know, especially when you've got young children, as you all know, yeah, yeah. the twins... You know, you can have that flexibility. If you need to take an afternoon out because they've got to yeah. play at school or whatever, it, it does give you that option. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a combination of all of those things, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm keen to, because I was a lot, but so you obviously went into that corporate world and obviously when you is at university um, and studying engineering with electrical engineering. Yeah. But what, so was there never then... A, from a younger age, like any form of entrepreneurial sort of side of what you're thinking about running their own business, or what, was that ever a mindset from a young age? Or never, never? No, I mean, I think like my parents were quite boring in that regard. They were kind of like, you know, have a career, build a career. You know, I'd never even really considered it. The opportunity for business only really came about because. I wanted my, you know, future spouse to make something of himself <laughs> so that, you know, we would be financially stable in the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I wouldn't say it. Although I've always had, like, a determination and a drive yeah, and an yeah. ambition. Yeah, um, and, and and I guess that what, and what I'm in, interested as well in to see that uh, what sort of skills you really took from, you know, that corporate world that you're able to then take into... A, a, a small family business that you're able to go into and then use some of those skills yeah so most of the work although I was in tech um, after I'd completed my um, graduate training 
um, which was quite a technical role. I, I that sort of evolved through a number of different roles into more of a consultancy type mm. role, um, and that that's really the role that I've had in the kind of more recent um, career experience, and that sort of lends itself quite well to running a business because it's more of a strategic thinking position so you've got to look at things from a sort of 50,000 foot viewpoint um, and be flexible you're not kind of entrenched in one specific line of work you need to be able to think across a number of problems um, to have good communication skills um, to be able to bring people on a journey with you and I think these are all things that are useful when running a business so we kind of felt like with my background in consultancy and Scott's background in large-scale civil engineering um, projects, those two combined would make for a beautiful construction yeah, yeah, yeah. company. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no, but, and, but also, like you said, something taken out of that, from, and like I said, again, something probably me and you spoke about offline on a lot of that, like communication skills, especially whatever that looks like, whether it's to the team, whether it's to people that you meet out and about, whether it's to clients, whatever it is, that's such a powerful element of running any business, isn't it? Because yeah. people still buy from people. If you're able to communicate with people at whatever level that looks like, people on a building site to a, a high-end client, maybe that you're doing a project for, that you will be able to communicate with them at all the different levels. And I think. Yeah, I mean, there's that word that gets bandied around a lot at the moment, which is being authentic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which you know, I'm not I'm not that keen on that word, but it it really it, I think it's it's really just about being real and honest yeah. and truthful and yeah. like you say, speaking to the guys who are working on site and speaking to clients. It's just about being able to kind of speak their language and just be honest and open in your communication with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. And you know what it's like. I mean, everyone in Brighton knows everyone, don't they? <laughs> it's it's it's. It's a large place, but the smallest place in the world. You're right, especially I guess, especially within the business community as well. People, we do everyone. It's it's a part of me that that loves that. And I think I, I I fell in love with that sort of side of it down here. And I think I think as long as you do things with integrity, you're not screwing people over. You know, and you, you build a reputation, I guess, for yourself, which you hope that it is a good one. That you know, people will support each other and want to help each other and want yeah. to work together, collaborate, whatever that looks like. But it, and that's the beauty of what I guess that. And what's going to be interesting? I've said it on the podcast a couple of times, especially as County Business Clubs grows. I'm going to be really intrigued to see what it looks like as we go to other counties and how that pans out. Because I don't know how unique Sussex is, or Brighton especially, but how that, that, that business community is, whether it's unique or whether it, it is in every. I've only run a business here, so that's all yeah. I know. But, Although, yeah, I mean, it's a very broad, if you take East and West Sussex, yeah, it's yeah, huge, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely, yeah, You yeah. know, um, maybe there's something about being coastal, yeah, I don't yeah. know, proximity to the sea, that people are just a little bit more open yeah. to having those conversations. conversations yeah. yeah, unlike London. Yeah. yeah. Be interesting. Yeah, no, it will, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued with it. But I'm, I'm, I'm keen as well, and obviously as you just alluded to about the whole communication with people on site or whatever that looks on clients but you obviously from even from electrical engineering like you, you sort of studied I think you, I maybe think I read that you was only one or two women that finished that course and um so you and you've you said within the industries that you've worked in how dominated and so but not phased you in any way doesn't what what what, what why do you think that is like from your your own um perspective? yeah so I think I was fortunate that I grew up in a household where there wasn't a belief system that like girls were nurses and boys were doctors, yeah, you know, that yeah, kind yeah. of thinking. Um, so it was kind of like you can you can be anything you want. Um, my parents were very much like, you know, you should have aspirations. Um, and, you know, I, I had a lot of Barbies, but equally I had a chemistry set. And yeah. do you know what I mean? So... Yeah, and and then when it came, so I guess it was that coupled with actually being poor (laughs) in some respects because um, when I came out of my A-levels, I was really thinking about doing a performing arts degree. Okay. Um, And I think I might have mentioned this to you before, actually, but it was a case of, because I grew up on a council estate, you know, in a council house, we didn't have money. I was like, oh, come on, Becca, you know, that's never going to work. You know, the chance of you making a success of this is like you know slim to none 
I didn't have that support network behind me. So I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll do engineering because um, it's got, you know, a bit of kudos. uh, It's academic enough and it can open doors. Um, And it was really about trying to keep as many options open to me as possible. So it's like, yeah, it's a broad academic degree. And there was never that belief system that because I was a girl, I couldn't do it because of how my upbringing was, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. kind of how it's, I... It's interesting, because a couple of things to take from, from me, like, it's, it's, a, it's amazing that your parents, like I said, certainly, even from, from that age, being able to say that you can do anything. I think that there's still, still, I've got twins, a boy and a girl, and there's, I think we've obviously spoke that, you know, Luca very much is very gender fluid, so he, it's that stigma around, what he's going to have boys' toys and she's going to have girls' toys and... and that's that he's going to go and play football and she's going to go and play with Barbie. Like that completely is out of the question in our house. And I think obviously we've moved, the times have changed a lot, haven't they, over the years where things are not so much like that, where although it is still very relevant, even to the fact of I've, it's opened my eyes going into shops and just going, look, there's boys and girls clothes. And I know that, you know, is our, our, our life is, but you sort of think, like, could this whole gender neutral thing that people can do? Actually, whatever it is they want, there shouldn't be this male. Do- there is male-dominated areas, and as much as there is women's. But I think it's interesting to see that even from that young age, that you was still being able to show that path that you could go and do whatever. Yeah, and I think both things are okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you do want to wear, you know, pink feather boas, and whether you're a boy or a girl, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't really matter. It's like do what makes you happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just don't, and it does, it is, you know, I mentioned that about, you know, girls being nurses and boys being doctors, because it's that sort of language that's quite insidious. It's like sowing a seed, you know, when they're playing, you know, as toddlers, you know, and they're playing make-believe, and you're like, oh, you're a nurse. You, like, people would naturally say that, whereas in my house it was like, oh, you're a doctor, you know, it's, you know, you, you do have to be a bit careful of that, but then... You know, going the other way, don't reject everything that's pink and girly just yeah. because like, I'm a feminist and, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was fortunate that I had both and yeah. I still I still like to have both, so, yeah. And, and, and then the other, the other side, because you mentioned then about, obviously you, you was encouraged to, you know, you could do whatever, but there was still that element of, like you said, maybe that your parents sort of, said that you know go and get a job and because you said about their their sort of you know go and get a job like to run a business that wasn't because it's similar with me like my my parents were not entrepreneurial really so didn't like you know running a business or something like that was never really a thing that you'd go oh yeah you're gonna do well at school and then go and get a job and then you work hard and that's a, they taught me a really strong work ethic no yeah. question about it they was really hard workers both my mum and dad and I've got that from them but not that entrepreneurial side or that business and I think like I've spoke about it on here a lot. I think there's, you know, times of change again around that. That entrepreneurship is actually encouraged more in schools. Like if we went back to school now and with our mindsets the way we are, I'd like to think that you know I've, I've been as a mentor in a school now, and I go in, I see that because it's really encouraged entrepreneurship. Whereas it it wasn't back, you know. Back yeah. And um, do you not think that some of that is about financial stability as well? Like if you grow up and you're hard up, then your willingness to take risks yeah. are maybe much less. And actually, my dad had had a business right, okay. uh, years before. When I was really little, he had a, a bookies, a betting shop, right, okay. and it had gone bust. So, right, right, right. I mean, my parents never really spoke about this, but I do know that they were made homeless, so they were wow. evicted. Um, and that was before um, local authorities were obliged to rehome you. So we were literally on the streets. My mum wow. said, like, the the bailiffs came to take all the stuff out of the house, and she was, like, out here pregnant. Um, wow. And they had nowhere to go, and they went. we went and stayed with my aunt. So, I mean, maybe maybe that influenced them. Yeah. I don't know. I'd never really wow, that's considered like, it. Uh, and when, when did you... When did you find out about that? Like, when did they talk to you about that? Like, later? Yeah, I mean, as I say, it was never really spoken about much, um, apart from the fact that, you know, my mum said that 
things had been because I like I knew we'd moved, so I was born in Lancashire, so I'm yeah. not truly an Essex girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Lancashire lass, um, but I and, knew and that we have a twinge of an Essex twang in it. Yeah, help me out with your Essex do twang. Our Forty thousand feathers on a brush again. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we went to get a went to get So we'd moved like from there to go to Northamptonshire to stay with my sister, yeah. um, my, my aunt, my mum's sister. And then we moved from there. My dad actually went back to university as a mature student because apparently right. he was quite depressed after he lost the business. And my mum encouraged him to go back and do A-levels. Yeah. And then he went to university. So we all then decamped down to Exeter. And then he got his first job out of um, uni in Essex. And then we all moved. So we'd moved, I knew we'd moved around a lot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so my mum just explained, you know, that was the reason they'd fallen yeah. on hard times. And yeah. But it's interesting that it's not that... Uh, even knowing that, like for you, that's not made you. It's it's had the adverse effect of other than my like, God. I wouldn't don't ever want to be in that position where you know lost a business and and, and whatever. You've still gone. That is the route for me because, like you said, you create your own by being your own boss, by having your own business. You can create potentially your own life. So as tough as it is as well, yeah. and all the challenges with it, but it is. I always look at it like it's you're creating your own destiny rather than being reliant on someone else's yeah business. yeah and i suppose like that generation as well people had a job for life yeah oh, absolutely yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. kind of culturally like if you went to work and perhaps that's why they pushed me towards the big corporates yeah, you know yeah. you get into a big corporation they'll look after you yeah of course, but i mean yeah. these days that's gone hasn't it yeah i think so so i think people's willingness to take like being in work is riskier because you could get made redundant so yeah. then that kind of makes the whole well Weighing that up against being in business, perhaps yeah. it's not such a big risk. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it depends what business you're in. I mean, running a book is you know, that's not a business I would like to be in or yeah, know yeah. anything about. Yeah, 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 sure. Um so yeah, I mean Scott and I I, I don't know loads about construction. I know a lot more than I did <laughs> when I, you know, stepped in, but you know, he 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 really knows the business. Um, and I can do the kind of more, you know, strategic management side. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. one would hope, fingers crossed. <laughs> that, that, but that's a, that's a great part because I, I guess I'm, I'm really keen to find out from you what, like, when I run the salon, I wasn't a hairdresser, so I found that potentially there were some challenges with that, obviously, because people were looking, well, you don't necessarily know what you're talking about. I guess the, uh, uh, do you ever find that with, when you're speaking to clients or whatever, if people, that obviously, that, that you're not actually in construction in that sense, that you're doing that work, whereas, or does it work out in a good way because you've got your business partner who's your husband who does know that side of it, so you've got two, you've got different skill sets. On yeah, that. I mean, I guess unlike your situation where you're facing outwardly to clients and facing the team, yeah, I think yeah. it's the team conversation that's more challenging yeah, yeah, because yeah, when sure. they know more about the technicalities of things than you you do yeah, 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 and you can't sort of, you know, converse in their language, I imagine that's really tough. Yeah, and I suppose yeah. that's that's where we have the advantage. Yeah. Like Scott can talk about steel beams yeah. till the cows come home <laughs> and he does it too much in my opinion. <laughs> he knows um, his steel beams. But, you know, like a client going into your salon, they won't necessarily know about all the mixes of, I mean, you can tell I know nothing about it either, but, you know, like the hair colours and, yeah, yeah, you know, sure, the different sure. techniques. But then you're speaking to the so I'm the one speaking to our clients in their language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we've we've got now a client manager who looks after our clients like from the office. So yeah. we have the site manager, but we also have a person in the office who's dedicated to our clients and she helps to sort of bridge that language gap between, you know, what the guys on site talk about in technical yeah. terms and you know, what, how the client, you know, I was speaking to an electrician earlier today about something and he was going on and on and on about, well, this solution, that solution, blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, none of that is really relevant. I just want it to work like this. You flick a switch and this happens. You know? <laughs> and that's the way the client see, <laughs> sees it, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and I guess that's it. That, that is a, a, a but yeah, I guess from your point of view, it is going in, you're, you're delivering, you, you're getting that message to them. That, and again, back to what we said before, isn't it? it's communication, isn't it? You're getting that communication from the client. You've got delivering that. And whether that's through you or to Scott and then he look we've got to make this happen that's what they want and that's what we've yeah. got to deliver on and that's I mean it 
occasionally we get to see like other contractors quotes when they go out to customers and it always makes me laugh and sometimes people send like if we subcontract some stuff out and we get a quote in they'll do it to us but I guess we should know more but you know they'll they'll specify down to like the, the screws that they're going to use yeah. it's like who who cares you've got to have like tr- trust in the contractor yeah, yeah, yeah. to deliver they you know the client won't necessarily know that that screw is better than that screw yeah, so yeah, why are you yeah. You know, they just want to know that if you knock half the walls out, their house is not going to fall down, <laughs> yeah. and it's all going to look beautiful at the end. <laughs> that, that's the reason that, like, you know, if people could build their own stuff, they would do it themselves. If they can't, that's why they get you guys in I to wouldn't. come and do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I can't even hang a picture up on the wall. Like, oh, really? I'm, I'm, <laughs> so when we when we go buy our house, you're definitely coming <laughs> and having a look. But um, yeah, Kelly always digs me out about that. Anyway, that's another story. But we've um, all got our skills. We've all got we? our skill sets. <laughs> our skill set. I love a chat, so I'm, that's why I'm in here and I love it. Yeah, so we're, we're all good. We're all good. But. Um, Look, I'm keen to, uh, we always talk about obviously challenges and stuff like that, so, and I'm keen to, you know, you, you you joined the business in 2018, you know, less than two years down the line, bang, global pandemic. What, what does that look like? What did you think at that time? Talk, talk, talk to me about the last couple of years. And Okay, I'm not going to swear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Since I started in the in the company, I feel like the albatross, really, because like we've had Brexit. Uh, mm. Then Scott's mum, sadly, was diagnosed with cancer, which then became terminal. And then literally she died. And three weeks later, we were in lockdown. So it's oh, like, wow. I'm, I'm not good for this, <laughs> for this business. That's how it felt. But yeah. Um, Lockdown was particularly challenging, especially the first time. The, the second, or oh, it might have been the third one, I lost count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they all blended into yeah, one. Exactly. But when I was at home, so we had to shut our sites initially. I think we kept one going, which was a commercial site. Um, and we took the decision because we, and we would have done that regardless of the lockdown because we're in people's homes. Yeah, 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 sure. And I don't know, like, it seems weird harping back to that time now, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, I was like literally anti-backing my shopping, and which is crazy. You know, I think I read an article and someone was saying that they were picking up their letters with wooden spoons <laughs> and you know putting them in quarantine. But I think the 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 sense that like nobody really knew what oh. it was, how virulent it was, like you knew there were people dying, so you know to be responsible to our team and customers, you know, we, we shut the sites and then we yeah. went back. Then we, we tried to figure out, you know, how do we go back and do it safely? Yeah. And then it was a case of, we've got three small children, as you know, yeah, yeah. and it's like they were at home needing to be homeschooled. Yeah, yeah. Someone needs to go on site. One of us needs to look after the kids, a bit like your situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just made sense for Scott to be on site yeah. and me to be a I teacher. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> I'm not a good teacher. <laughs> As my kids will attest to. I mean, you I'm laughing me about it now, but if I had one word to describe that whole experience, it would be harrowing. Yeah, it, it was. was it was horrible, and I, I, I don't really know anyone that came out of it well. Yeah. Not with not with kids. Yeah. Um, and at first, I was trying to juggle. You know, keeping up with the emails and keeping on top of paperwork and 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 whatnot with the kids. Um, in the end, I just gave up and I just said, like, I need to just down tools and I can't. Yeah. Just had to let stuff go. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, of course. Uh, look, I think we all did. Like, at that point, like you said, no one. Because the message really was like, like you said, you're talking about anti-backing and all that sort of it. It was it was such a situation where we didn't know. If you got it, you might die. Like that was that, yeah, that yeah, was the yeah. sort of the, the message, and I, I think everyone was really panicking. It was a bit, it was very doomsday, and no one really knew what was around the corner, and it was it was quite scary. So then, yeah, there's that and the worry and anxiety that sort of comes with that. And then you, you like you say, you get to a point where with the kids at home, you're trying to do the because yours are different ages as well, aren't they? Obviously, yeah. So I mean, they're ten, ten, nine, and. Sorry, I forget. Six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ten, nine and six now. So yeah. it was like two years, yeah, two yeah, years, yeah, two yeah, and a sure, half yeah, years yeah. ago. Yeah. So like they were really young at the yeah. time and just trying to manage the needs of three different 
But you know, everyone I speak to, it doesn't matter whether you've got one child, so, yeah, five yeah. kids, two the same age, yeah, yeah. you know, different ages. Either it was just it was really tough. bloody hard, yeah. wasn't it? And, and it was, because like you said, it was all that stress of, of, of that financial and stuff as well. Like what's working, especially when you've got your own business, you're looking at the final. Well, we lost a pipeline like yeah. that, I can imagine, literally. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think until the furlough really kicked in, yeah, yeah. again, because we predominantly do residential, yeah, yeah. a lot of people then said... You know, they were progressed down the, the road with their projects, but they then said, well, we don't know what's going to happen with our jobs. Yeah. So we don't want to take on the financial commitment of a big project. Yeah, sure, sure. So we're going to wait till next year. So then you're kind of, when you do go back, you're then left with how do we go back safely? So, how do we look after people? We had a couple of people who are quite vulnerable. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Oh, it's, it was. It was so. It was so many. Like you said, I, I think in hindsight now, and I think we again we spoke about this a bit of like oh, in hindsight, I can look back at that time and there was, I can take snippets of it that are uh, you know time that I'd spent with the kids that I wouldn't because I, I I was we sort of joked about I think before I said no we had two different lockdowns really the first one I was the home I was homeschooling the second one Kelly was homeschooling but she was on furlough so she had that bit of a a break, she didn't have to worry about work at all, knew money was coming in and she was fine and she could actually, but she was, uh, you know, I said, this, I said she had things on the board and she was all kicked <laughs> out and she was like, right, sit down, we're going to do this and she, as tough as she still found it, she, she ever tested that, but I was the complete, I was like, look, academically, I wasn't great at school myself, what am I going to, they was teaching me more about maths and stuff than I could teach them even at four years old, so it was a completely different, um, so I, I think you just, I was like, just survival was yeah. the, the, I think was the main thing in my head. Just had to survive this. If I can get, if I can do math seeds by eleven o'clock, then I'll, I'll and they do one part of that, then I've won for the day and yeah, yeah, yeah. do something else, cook or try and. When I gave up, it was the best thing ever, and I remember I was at Hove Park, I think it was, and the teachers used to phone like once a week or something to check in with the kids. And my daughter was like, she learned to climb trees. You yeah. Know? <laughs> uh, she was up a tree, and he when he phoned, and I said, "Oh, hang on a minute, I need to get." And he was saying, "You know, how's the work going?" And I could see on her face, like she was like, "Okay." And I said, "Look, can I just have a word with your teacher?" And I just said, "Look, just so you know, we're not we're not doing homeschooling anymore." Yeah. Uh, and he was like, "Oh, okay," you know. And it's just like we just can't do it, you know. I, it, we've only got a five minute conversation. I can't explain to you what we've been through, (laughs) you know. Um, But it's not a decision that I've undertaken lightly. Um, But I just think for the benefit of everyone's mental well-being, uh, we need to not do any more homeschooling. And, yeah, once I'd made that decision, everyone was just so much happier. And and then, because like you said, we're in that environment, I guess, where you're... And and the amount look what what if we we can look back in hindsight you go oh what have they missed out on have they not like, at, at the ages that they're at that they weren't in the middle of their A levels or middle of GCSEs or anything like that I'm not saying that it's not maybe affecting in some way but the the, the adverse effects of you not being happy yeah being yeah yeah was really damaging worse. yeah a lot worse than it would be them maybe not doing that maths lesson or what yeah. it looks like. And also, I think it's not like... If you have a child that's sick and has to go into a hospital for yeah. a period of time, you know, they lose out that, that period of time of education yeah. um, and their peers move on. All of the kids were pretty much in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. even the ones, like, of key workers that were going into school, I don't think it was quite the same. Oh, like, they weren't not. getting the same learning experiences. No, 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 of course not. Because you know. even the teachers were off all the time and there was different people coming in. It was, it was just a, yeah. it was a, it was a mess, wasn't it? <laughs> Let's be honest, oh, like that. Yeah. Like you said, just, hopefully that's... Hopefully. We're all sitting here, touch, touch wood, touch wood. But I, I guess then... But, when things did start to improve, obviously the construction industry as a whole was, I know obviously more residential, but but did obviously that that started to improve. People then, where there was a bit more safety and guidelines in place, then people were not going away because we couldn't travel still. But maybe then going right, I will spend more on my home or that the savings that we had or that that that's what that would look like. And so did that then from a business point of view then start to improve in that that sort of sense? Yeah, it's, quite, it's been quite bizarre actually because now everyone's constantly talking about this cost of living crisis yeah. but I think off the back of the sort of furlough when people realise actually 
you know, and I'm not trying to detract from the fact that some people did lose their jobs yeah, and yeah, businesses have closed and stuff. And, you know, that's incredibly sad. But I think for people who weren't in that situation, they were like, oh, my job's okay. I haven't spent the holiday money. I haven't. And it was mm. almost like there was a bit of a boom then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we couldn't keep on top of all of the inquiries we were just getting bombarded left right and center with like you know inquiries for new work and it was almost like everyone held a breath and then all of a sudden it's like (laughs) wow i need to go um and that's why yeah it's quite bizarre because you know if you contrast that against what we're talking about now it's like we've done a 180 again haven't we almost absolutely yeah so i suppose and like you say within that type of thing you know because obviously you do the garden rooms and stuff mm. like that so an amount of people that are going well you know i don't need to go into an office anymore like people who commuted i've spoke to a couple of people been on the podcast recently you know i've had friends who there was a i think oh, was it john trigg last time saying he had a friend who literally he was a 645 laid station every single morning 20 years bang up there all of a sudden, he's like, never doing that again. Yeah. And like I said, they're working from home. Well, but if I'm working from home, I need a better setup. So then they go, well, okay, we can go down this route and we'll spend that little bit more money on making the house better. It, and, yeah, and investing, in, investing it. in it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I think companies have, it's not like we didn't have home working before. Yeah. And a company like American Express, they're obviously geared up for you to, you know, I would work from home sometimes when I was yeah, there. Sure. And, but I think, other businesses that probably weren't geared up for it, like the tech industry had a massive boom because all of a sudden you've got, you know, businesses that traditionally don't work from home scrabbling around to make the tech <laughs> yeah, work. And now they have. I think, you know, those organisations are much more willing to have adopt that hybrid approach once, mm. you know, I, I don't know if it's a mindset thing that they kind of get past that, or oh, well, people are not going to... You know, it's trust, be off it, down man? the park, yeah. jollying it up, and not actually putting the hours in. Yeah. Um, that they can be trusted, like you yeah. say, um, to do that. So, yeah, I think we will continue to to see more of a hybrid. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think. So. I think, I think a couple of things from lockdown the last two years is, is people want to create more of that that side of thing. Businesses want to allow them to do that as well, and I think, especially maybe a lot of professional services and stuff like that, where like that potential archaic way of thinking of going right someone's only working if they're sitting in front of me working nine to five that's not necessarily the case like somewhere because they wasn't doing it we was forced to do it so it's almost bought with technology etc it's brought things forward maybe five ten years whatever that looks like but people are still there then you know they have actually delivered on they're not sitting in front of me nine to five but yeah they logged on at eight o'clock and then they had a break and picked the kids up at three and then they come back and work till seven or whatever it is that but they're creating a a life a work balance around their lifestyle yeah i mean very few roles these days are about clocking onto a production line and clocking off again like nine to five Mm. they're about sort of delivering certain things so um you know, not so much the guys on site because we do have core site hours. Yeah. But we're very open at Castle to people working flexibly. Like, yeah. you know, Joe and Ellie who work in the office with me, they work from home some of the time, yeah. you know, and I'll see emails. I have to tell them off sometimes if they send emails on days off or whatever. <laughs> you know, but they know if the, a client wants an update, for example, yeah. it you know, if it's 10 past five, and it needs to be sent, you know, they're responsible enough, yeah. they know what needs to be done. So I'm not, and I don't want to micromanage people anyway. I mean, it's yeah. just so boring. And I just think for a lot of companies, is it really serving you well to have someone sitting on a train for two hours each way just so that they can show a presence in the office? Yeah, yeah. You know, you can be much more productive sometimes if you do work the odd day from home. Yeah, yeah, and because exactly that, you haven't got that, to, whether it is just sitting on a train, it's still tiring that two hour journey going into city and, and or whatever that looks like. It's, just, yeah. it's draining. It's draining, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, you've got like four hours of your day you spent, give me a hug. The cellar, I was, I was on a motorbike, but yeah, three hours a day. And I'm like, I look back now, every time I drive back to a six, now I can't believe I used to do this every day. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> but anyway, so, but, um, so, so obviously, uh, <laughs> much of the challenge, but talk to me a little bit about, like, then, you know, some success as well. What does that look like to you to define what success looks like to you and, and tell me about some achievements maybe over your career, but certainly within the business side of stuff as well? Yeah, so. 
It's funny, isn't it? Because I've listened to a few of these podcasts now, and when you ask business owners about success, it's rarely, I don't think, on, certainly on your podcast, but like more broadly, you don't hear people saying, oh, it's making X amount of no. pounds, is it? It's, no, no, absolutely. it's normally about either delivering things for clients or, yeah. you know, building a team. Like, what I feel, when I feel I've been successful is... You know, when we've helped people to grow and develop in the team. Yeah. So we've got a team member who works for us, who when they came to us was not the most confident yeah, yeah. and um, wasn't probably, if they're honest, entirely sure that they could do the role, um, certainly to the level that they're fulfilling it now. And to see that person grow and develop and gain confidence yeah. is just amazing. That's yeah, yeah. That, for me, is a success. Yeah. Um, and equally, we've got a guy who's come from sight and to see he's absolutely flying you know and to see him grow and develop and then for our clients you know back when we started the company 17 years ago my sort of big thing was why has the construction industry got such a bad rep you know Mm. why why is it tarred with all this sort of negativity wouldn't it be nice if if customers could have a consistent experience you know like a bit like, you know, when you go to Waitrose, you know what you're going to get. If yeah, you go to yeah. Quick Fit, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. And I wanted to create that. So success is really about giving a consistent experience to clients and and helping them through a process that can be quite challenging for them and quite yeah. stressful, but trying to make it as nice as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it would be remiss of me not to mention my garden rooms project, yeah. <laughs> which is my baby. Yeah. And seeing that just launch, like yeah, getting yeah. just getting the brochure done. Oh my god! Then you're not a marketing person as well. Um, yeah, that's that's a massive tick in the box for me. Like so, launching so that. So that this is your brainchild, your idea. You, oh, this is a route we can go down. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, it's quite topical because um, lots of people are working from home now. Yeah. Um, but I was really surprised. Um, so I think it's like it complements the construction um, business, and the idea behind it was obviously to um, offer something that people want. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also we were looking at how can we um, sort of uh, breadthen our, our geographic spread, yeah. and it's really hard because on on the construction side it can be quite. Um, costly and uh, time intensive to price projects so you might not necessarily want to go further afield and by having the garden rooms it's a way for clients to get to know us and our brand and how we work um, without having to you know spend hours and hours on the motorway on you you know projects that you may not ever have a hope in hell of of winning Um, so it's kind of a segue for to to have more construction services Um, and also to offer something that's a superior product in the market. Yeah, when yeah. I did the competitor analysis, I was absolutely shocked at what people are set, what companies are selling as a garden yeah. room. I mean, it's really just a yeah, glorified yeah. shed. Um, <laughs> and I suppose because we're a full service construction company, we can offer something that's just so much more comprehensive. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah, really sure. is an extension to the footprint of your home. Sorry, yeah. I'm no, it, it's waxing something. a bit yeah. lyrical. No, 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 no. As I say, this is my baby. <laughs> no, no. But it's, and that, again, that's back to the whole thing about running your own business and that because it's great to like we talked about me being on the podcast. And I love being in this room and do it. So when when you do things that you enjoy and you're passionate about, as you can tell, it's, that's ambition. That's that's what success is. That's where in the journey of coming up with an idea and seeing it develop and then grow and then yeah. There's something yeah. magical about that, isn't it? And I just really would like to get um, to a point like where we and I, I sort of had this from the outset. I just I never wanted to be like a massive, like huge conglomerate sized business, mm. but to be sufficiently sized so that you can have a bit of influence. Yeah, yeah. But as I say, the construction industry does have a bad reputation, and rightly yeah. so in a lot of cases, for you know shonky work shoddy customer service and treating staff really poorly yeah. and it's you know to, to be of a size where you can have an influence over those things is you know and we we are actually sort of making waves in that area we we, we do have 
much better connections now. Mm. Um, and you can get the message out, like educating clients that it doesn't have to be like this. It's not sort of, oh, love, it's going to cost you this much, yeah, you know, type yeah, yeah. of thing. Um, and, to, you know, you can treat people fairly. Um, and they will, you know, um, they won't just, you know, bugger off off site and, and, yeah. and leave things. You don't have to micromanage things so yeah it's, it's one thing i talk on here a lot about is about certain subjects and changing the narrative around what that looks like what taking from what you're saying is about because there is a narrative you're right there's a narrative out there around the construction industry is exactly all them things you've just alluded to is what people's immediate mindset would be so what a great thing i guess for, for, for you as a, as a company as a family business that that you know that's what you the purpose that you've got and because like you said, that most people that come on here don't necessarily talk about the end goal being I'm building a business because I want to create X amount of money and then going to sit on a beach and retire. You know, of course, there's that financial security that potentially that we will get to. But again, back to what the last two years has taught us, wouldn't necessarily however much money we had in the world we'd be just sitting in a bigger house and not be, and doing exactly the same as everyone else because it's you funny do it. isn't it because when i've thought about an exit strategy like what do you do with your business yeah. um and i know caroline caroline brown was talking about like selling her business on but then she's gone on to do other things yeah, yeah, as yeah. well and the way it looks for me when i think about it is like if if we ever did get to the point where we sold the business I'd probably just start another business. Yeah, of course, yeah. And so then you go, well, like, you know, so then you're doing yeah. you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, really, yeah, yeah, aren't yeah. you? You know. I, I, I think that, for me, definitely, that no, I, I can't ever actually imagine retiring and not doing it. And what, look, of course, wouldn't it be lovely to get to a point and you sell a business, you make lots of money, and then you've got, and you've got maybe choices to go and do it, but would I ever stop and do it? I don't think, I think when you're, when you're in that mindset and your brain's like that, you, you, that's just... I've, I've accepted that's who I am as a person. So I think that's... There was a guy I interviewed on here, Lawrence Spray, really, really interesting guy. He sold Ashton's, the pharmaceutical company. Okay. At 68, so he'd got to retirement age and he, you know, built up a £20 million turnover business and, you know, sold it and done very well out of it. And he obviously had a... Building it over the 40 years he had, he'd had a good life through that as well, but in a really strong financial position. But you, you tell, talking to him, that at that stage that... The anti-climax of selling that business and being like, well, you know, well, I, I, at one point I was last week. I'm the man who owns Ashton's and the, you know, the founder and managing director, and my phone's ringing constantly. You're dealing with staff and blah blah blah. And to, to there, I'm not. Yeah. But, and he, so, and he, he's a brilliant entrepreneur and you know, really interesting guy. And you can tell he's just, and he's looking at investments now, and he's because he wants to still do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 68, he's still. Like, was it? They get say, be from. careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because yeah, I just do think it can, and yeah, if you're trying to get away from something, then yeah. the implication is that you you're not enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think it's like if you're going to sell it because you want to do something else, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and you've you've got ambitions to pursue another channel, or yeah, 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 you, yeah, sure. you know, then that's. That's one thing, but yeah, and, I, and that's why I think when you ask the question about what success means, that's why it's never, or rarely, like a financial, yeah, 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 like I just want to make X million pounds and then I'm out, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really work, does no, it? No, because no. as, as a good friend, Paul Britton, who we both know, but yeah. he, he sort of said like, the whole enjoying that journey is what it's all it's Well, I could say, all. don't forget to dance. Look at that. Do my favourite quote, that one. I only say that to you every time I see him. Yeah, yeah. But, um, well, look, I just want to, I want to talk as well, just about, we've sort of alluded a little bit to it there, but about, about sort of culture and stuff. And, because obviously, uh, again, just looking into, you, you, as Castle Construction, your, your core values, quality, integrity, um, respect and transparency. Well done. <laughs> so that underpins everything that you do. But then, had like, within a family business that you're running, talk to me a little bit. Then, uh, I guess about the culture you've created there within. Because obviously, you're really passionate about changing that narrative around construction with clients, what that message is, but also with staff and what yeah. That is with it. So yeah, so it is really about changing. Um, just changing the approach and and saying it doesn't have to be like this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just because 
And I don't hang out with lots of people in construction industry. Like I, I hang out with a few, but they're sort of yeah. like-minded. Um, and they tend to be from companies that think in a similar way and are trying to kind of, you know, push that sort of quality and the, that value. Yeah. And, um, and also I think, you know, coming from large corporates where you are treated really well, yeah. it was a bit of an eye-opener to me, like, you know, seeing people come to work with us who basically, like, they hadn't been paid for six, seven weeks, yeah. you know, or when they were paid, they were just given, oh, well, here's 200 quid and I'll give you the rest later. And it's yeah. that's just not acceptable in this day and age. Yeah. And I do think, you know, running a business isn't about, you know, us as owners making lots of money and screwing all of the staff over. <laughs> it's about creating something where we can all, like benefit together it's about I think it was Paul Britton was talking about creating opportunities for people you know that that really resonated with me because that that is what it's about it's not just about the cash in the bank at the end of the day and we when I came on board we had a sort of daily strategy session where we looked at lots of things and one of the things that we looked at was the core values and I think it's really important like a lot of companies will say our values are xyz whatever they are um, but then in the day-to-day, if you observe them on a day-to-day basis, they don't embody them. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I think it's really important to think about what you as an individual have as your core values yeah, because yeah. They're not, if they're not aligned to your business, then yeah. you're not going to be successful. And one of the things I thought about, like American Express is really hot on what they call their blue box values. And one of them that they have is being a good citizen. And that sort of, you know, when I first joined the company, I would sort of, you know, looked at that and I was thinking, well, you know, they don't really have a right to view you on what you do outside of work. But actually, it is really important because what they were saying is, you know, it's not good enough to just pretend to be a decent human being when you're nine to five in the office or whatever you're working. You know, we want people who are going to come here and be good citizens. And that really resonated with me and that was something I really thought about when we put together our core values like yeah, well, yeah, yeah. what do we really want to be for our clients what yeah. do we really want to be for our team and that's why like respect is is not just respect for clients it's respect for one another it's respect for the team it's respect for yeah. suppliers yeah. you know it's yeah so we did think long and hard about those values and we distilled yeah. it down to four because obviously it's a lot to remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's, it is great because you, you're, you're right. It's that, again, back to purpose and what you're trying to do. But I think one thing I, like I said, I think obviously the last one when I spoke to John Tree, was saying it, there was, it used to be very much, I think, there was, that's your work and that's your life. So you are going to be different people there and there. But because of, hybrid working and because of, of, of just naturally our things have been over the, you know just the fact that we've got mobile phone we do do more work at home now and we're, and we're constantly sort of on the go especially as a busy owner but they almost blend into each other so you if that is the case then you're right you, you can't you are you've got to be ultimately you've got to be the same person all the way through haven't you just yeah that, yeah it goes back to that word that i was saying i'm not keen on which is authentic got you to know be that, isn't it though yeah that's uh, exactly what what it is, and I think this, and just with them values, it's it's really interesting to think that, like, like you said, said that not only that is that what you do as your home life and what that looks like, but that relates to your business and work life from clients to staff members and to everyone. So people who surround you and you work with, uh, live with, are all buy into those values as you as a person as well as a business, and that will filter through because. Again, but being authentic, and that's what yeah, you're, yeah. That's what you're And yeah. we've witnessed people, you know, like in been in builders, merchants, or whatever, and how people have spoken to their team members or yeah. on other side is utterly disgraceful. And that's yeah. you know, but then to the client, they'll be really nice, and you know, yeah. that's just not acceptable. Yeah. You know, you, you you can't get away with that. Yeah. Any, any, well, not that you ever really could. could it would no, never be yeah, acceptable yeah. in my book. But no, no, no. do you know what I mean? It's yeah. And you're creating a place like again, I mentioned Paul's name again, but you're creating a place where people want to be. You're creating a, a work environment where people want to work. They want to feel part of that. And that again is back to I guess you being being able to communicate your vision of what you want for the company as a whole, but that get them to buy into it. And that's our 
uh, you create a strong culture, I guess. It sounds really twee, but I'll very often say, like, we just want to do lovely projects for lovely clients and all have a lovely time at work, <laughs> you know. It's, <laughs> That's the goal, if isn't we it? That's we can do that, yeah. <laughs> we're winning, we're winning, we're winning, we're winning. Oh, let's pull it up. I want to, um, again, this is some, this this question for me is certainly one we 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 spoke on a, on a couple of occasions about, but the whole you know work life balance side. Oh yeah, stuff. <laughs> What's that I, then? I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. So, uh, look, uh, I know we, we we've said and we talked about a challenge, especially look at lockdown and blah blah blah. But yeah, talk to me about especially within uh, you know as a husband and wife team as well. So do, how do you? Do you both able to switch off from the business? Do you, or is it constant talk about the business? T- talk to me a little bit about. Is there? A, a, <laughs> I almost know the answer to it, but uh, uh, work life balance. Well, it's talk funny because, like, I would probably say I don't have work life balance. But actually, thinking about lockdown, what I would say with that whole homeschooling, mm. I was saying to someone, everything just got completely merged. Yeah. Like there was no delineation between school, between home life, between work. It was just a mess. So I, 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 I have got work-life balance in the sense, but probably not, when people talk about work-life balance, they mean, do you have time to go off and do yoga and you know <laughs> have a massage? And no, that doesn't happen <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, but I do get away from the kids now. <laughs> um, and, and I do think you need to have that, kind of space it is quite challenging when you run a business with your spouse that you know there are times when we really have to check ourselves because we're doing stuff on the dining room table just for five minutes let's just send this email you know while the kids are on the playstation or whatever and yeah so you do have to be quite careful but i do i do try not to work weekends Mm. i do try to keep the time with them with them and i guess you know, I would argue it's not 50-50 split equally because I do much more of the play date organising and clubs and yeah, I yeah. do the booking of after-school club and pay-for-school dinners and stuff like that. But we both do pick-ups, drop-offs. Yeah, sure. uh, so we manage the childcare between us. Yeah. So you reach some sort of balance. And I guess like the utopia that particularly women are probably looking for, which is how do you achieve it all, be a successful career woman... And have the kids and bake amazing cakes and run up a costume at a moment's notice. You know that <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. You know you've got to just let stuff go, haven't you? Yeah. My house is an absolute tip. I say it looks like a scene from Breaking Bad most days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really? something that's got to give. Yeah. You know, we've got a dog now as well, which is like a fourth child. So yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's um, great to be because how many? Like I say, again, we talk about sort of social media and and the influence that has on it, and people put their highlight reels out there, and you do you like you know you get the family picture in, and we're all guilty of it, I suppose. You, you do do it, but you know, and people looking at God, they look like they've got everything together. And Kelly says sometimes on the WhatsApp groups, like the like people going, oh, you know, we've done this or X, Y, and Z, and it's always that comparison. But ultimately, it life's a challenge when you've got your kids whatever that looks like is a challenge if you're running a business at the same time as trying to run a family and but no one is going to post a photo of themselves hung over saying I've had a row with my husband and dogs just crapped on the floor aren't they (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's where people should start that's where we're going wrong (laughs) but it is you're you're right like like I say is this work-life balance I don't know tell me that the whole you know, a couple of people, and it's something I'm really guilty with. I, I struggle with it, being able to switch off. Like, um, you know, I try, and similar to yourself, I try weekends, I won't I try not to work, and, um, you know, post the odd thing, or I'll maybe send the odd email, or maybe put something together, whatever. But generally, I'm trying to be with the kids, and that's that's my, my thing. But just mentally, just trying to switch off yourself, it's, I find it really hard to, and I'm going away next. Well, well, at the time of recording this, I'm going away next week, and I'm already thinking that I know I will take the laptop, and I know I shouldn't really. But for my own mental health, for me to log in for a half hour a day when everyone's still asleep, whether that's in the morning or night, that puts my mind at ease, and I'll, I'm okay. And then yeah. I will switch off, and then I'll go and spend the day on the beach, won't look at my phone, and deal with that. I, I'm cool with that. But I do find it 
I find it difficult. Is that, is that do, do, do you you guys as well? I suppose with me, obviously Kelly's got quite a, you know she's a managing partner of a law firm but doesn't run her own business. So, uh, but she still obviously works hard and, and and has got that thing. But do you think as running your business, you're constantly not able? to Yeah, and we talk about it a lot. A lot yeah, yeah, you know. Um, it's probably not good, you know, like when you wake up in the morning at six o'clock and your husband starts talking to you about screed or something like that. <laughs> he still beams again. <laughs> you know, and sometimes I will say, like, that is enough. Yeah. Uh, and we do try to, like, down... Like, sometimes we'll do a bit once the kids are in bed because that period, you know, when you get home and we have dinner together as a family, that's, that's you yeah, know, there massive. are advantages to um, running your own business because yeah, you, you do get to do stuff like that. But then sometimes we'll get the laptop out um, and we'll do a bit in the evening. But then we will try to shut it and say, yeah. you need a bit of time before you go to bed. Yeah, messy, yeah. You know, it's just it's just something you're constantly working at, yeah, yeah. if I'm honest. There isn't, like, there's no silver no. bullet, is yeah. there? You know, and if there's an emergency, like, even Kelly, if she had an important case on yeah, yeah. and there was a call, she would take it, wouldn't yeah, she, I'm yeah, sure. Uh, no, absolutely, and she does. Like, she, uh, you know, she's been juggling, you know, the kids have had, chicken pox the last couple of weeks and we've both been cancelling things and <laughs> juggling and whatever and, that, and I guess that's just it's just life isn't it yeah. and I guess it's like one of those to... you know those jigsaws puzzles that you get where you push the squares <laughs> around yeah. it's a bit really? like well you go there and who's having the dog and then oh yeah but it's jujitsu tonight and like oh <laughs> I've given them cow poles so they'll be you know it is just yeah. like that isn't it I, I've always said Every business owner I talk to, I think, you know, we ultimately we'd all be brilliant in a circus. Get us there, we can yeah. get us some balls. We're we're juggling and we'll we'll be okay. But um, I look, it, we're coming to sort of all the end. It's been fascinating. Like I said, for me, I knew it would be a brilliant conversation. It really has been. And thank you for just obviously just your thank raw you. honesty is brilliant. And I, I, I that first coffee we had, that's why I was like. We've got, to, we've got to get in that studio and just you've made it a very important. nice experience I have to say Sam oh, you're a true shit. pro <laughs> I don't know about it but it's very kind but it, as, just what, tell me what the future holds for Rebecca Plot and Castle Construction Garden Rooms Garden Rooms Garden Rooms it's really just kind of what I'm saying just grow mm. to a certain size yeah. I would like to have a bit more influence I'd like to see more young people coming into the industry we've got massive skills shortage I was met with an architect this morning and we were talking about females. You know, it'd be really nice to see more females on the tools. So mm. just the bigger you get, the, the more ability you have to sort of influence things like that. And that's yeah. really important. So yeah, I want to see the team grow and then obviously see the garden room business take off. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, that's, as I say, it's yeah. been my question. <laughs> <laughs> that's and it's really, because you're, you're right, like that, again, the narrative, I guess, around... Um, women in the construction industry it's, it's not it's a, and I guess you know people like yourself trailblazers people who will go you know what and, 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 and shout about it and that's why it's great to get yourself on it it was brilliant to have it was a fantastic feature you put in um, in SBT last month and I think the more you can spread that word and encourage and inspire children because you've got a daughter as well I've got two daughters, two daughters and a yeah. son yeah, yeah. yeah and I think so, I said actually for both of them it's really important there's I mean it's getting better but I think there's a distinct lack of like really good female role models yeah. you know we had the whole it, thankfully it's sort of dying off a little bit now but the whole wag culture yeah. you know really is that what you're aspiring to be oh, you know yeah. it's well, you need to have like positive for yeah. boys and for girls yeah, yeah, really um yeah that, i just i think that's so important yeah no that's amazing um okay last couple of questions what what one piece these are quick fire ones so what one piece of advice would you give to your younger self before starting out on your career um be brave um yeah, because fear is really the only thing that will... It will just hold you back. Yeah. yeah. If I could be braver and do more things. They always say, don't they? You don't generally regret the things you do. It's the things you didn't do. Yeah, yeah. So be brave, be bold. Love that. Love that. And the tradition for the Series 2, as I sort of mentioned, so we've got my previous guest has left a question for you. Um, so this is it. Who has inspired you in business and why? Ooh, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Do you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> I think I do. I think I do. So I absolutely love 
Alex Polizzi, yeah, and I got yeah, to yeah. meet her at a Best of British event, and I was so excited. I, I couldn't really speak to her um, because I was just a bit of a gibbering wreck, really. But the reason why I like her is because she's a bit potty-mouthed, like I am, <laughs> for starters, but she's just, um, she's just incredible. You know, she's a mum. Um, she's an attractive woman, but she's smart. She's, you know, a successful businesswoman. Um, she's very personable. You know, she's down to earth. I mean, what's not to love about her? She just yeah. comes across as a really genuine... And, you know, having met her in person, she is all of those things. Yeah. And I think, you know, she, for me, represents a good role model, female role model, yeah. um, you know, for the younger generation, really. Yeah. Love that. Oh, look, I'll attest to that. I met her at the same event, and, yeah, I, it was the first time, obviously, I'd met her and but had, a, had a chat to her, and she is exactly all those things. I yeah, think, um, like how you see her on TV is how she is. She's, yeah, like, she's just yeah. really genuine and down to earth. And she gave me a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> love that love brilliant well look Rebecca thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and uh, look I can't wait to share this episode so I know there's going to be so many takeaways from it from people so thank you again thanks so much for your honesty and coming on so. thank you ever so much Sam awesome and great. that as they say is a wrap